and welcome to the next episode of our SNW The Pulse Talking Tax podcast series. I'm Amy Jack, Head of National Tax at Smith & Williamson, and I'm joined by two partners from our tax practice today, Chris Springett and Majid Hussain. Hi, everyone. Hi, Amy. I'm uh, glad to be here. Today, the three of us are talking about crypto assets and, in particular, how they are taxed. And I'm sure it won't, uh, you won't have missed the fact that crypto assets have dominated the headlines for a while now, um, with lots of stories of people making small fortunes from investing in Bitcoin, Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies. And interestingly, the FCA have also recently published a research note that estimated that 2.3 million people now hold crypto assets in the UK. And that's compared to 1.9 million last year. So quite a big increase. But despite this increase, at the same time, they're also suggesting that the level of understanding of crypto assets is declining. So with that in mind, Chris and Majid, I thought perhaps we should start with the basics and explain what we mean by crypto assets. <laughs> Good question, Amy. Um, so crypto assets, uh, which is a phrase I think interchangeably used with cryptocurrency or crypto tokens. So it all kind of means the same sort of thing. And, and what it means that they're digital representations of, of value or contractual rights and they're secured cryptographically. So by code uh, and they're recorded using something called a DLT or a distributed ledger technology. Uh, so think of DLT as a, a digital database, which records all the transactions that have taken Taken place in respect of that asset, so that you might be familiar with the blockchain concept, and and that's what that's an example of the DLT. Um, lots of types of crypto assets. Um, so the main types probably worth covering: um, exchange tokens. That's the big one. So that's the token that you use to make a payment, but it also can be traded. So Bitcoin is your classic example of an exchange token. Uh, we've got stable tokens. So similar to an exchange token, but it's pinned to something else like a currency, be it the dollar or an index like gold. The idea being that it perhaps reduces that volatility that you referred to, Amy, that, that can also hit crypto assets. Uh, we've got utility tokens. So these are uh, allow the holder access to goods or services via a digital platform. Uh, you can trade these as well but um, like exchange tokens, but they're often used in the online gaming world um, where they allow you access to certain things on the gaming, gaming platform. Uh, another example, security tokens. Um, so that here you've got tokens that are linked to underlying rights or, or interests in a business. Um, so that could be an ownership like a share or, or debt like a loan note or right to a share in the profit in the future. So they're the key tokens. You might then also see people getting exposure to crypto markets in different ways. So you've got something like a future token subscription. So that's not a crypto asset in itself, but what you're doing here is investing in a business that's looking to launch a token. So that could be an initial coin offering or, or another type of launch of the token. So when it's launched, your investment then converts to that token. Uh, and finally, probably worth mentioning uh, derivatives and funds. Uh, so we've seen a growth in, in these sort of investments that either track or mirror crypto assets and crypto markets. They're not crypto assets in themselves. What you do is you either buy that derivative or you buy a unit in that fund, and that's what you own. You don't own the underlying crypto token. Uh, as such, the tax full follows the, the rule of that asset rather than the, the crypto asset itself. Uh, but again, that, uh, we see people getting exposure to the markets in that kind of way. 
Thanks, Chris. Um, in terms of the, the tax treatment of crypto assets, then, um, one of the key considerations is whether they're held for investment purposes or trading purposes, because that impacts whether they're subject to capital gains tax or income tax. Um, and particularly with the current difference in um, the, the rate between these taxes, it can make quite a big difference. Um, is it possible to explain what HMRC would look at to decide if a crypto asset is held for investment purposes or trading purposes? Thanks, Amy. I think that, that's a really good question. But also, there's there's a piece, actually, if we take a step back, which is that crypto assets are taxable. Um, uh, I mean, I've come across an, a numerous scenarios where people have said that actually crypto assets might be outside the scope of tax. I think the starting point is... No, they are within the scope of tax. And then coming to the point that you mentioned specifically, which is actually, look, are they trading or are they investments assets? And I think you know, we need to, or, or individuals who, who deal with crypto assets, just need to take a step back and think, look, are we, are we trading or are we simply investing? And there is a key difference, as you say, between the tax rate. So in most cases, um, we would suspect that crypto assets are being held as investments. And therefore, when an individual disposes of that crypto asset, the profit or the gain is going to be subject to capital gains tax, which at the moment is significantly lower than um, income tax. Um, but the key thing to know is when, if you make a loss on a crypto asset and it's treated as a investment, then the loss is going to be a capital loss and it's severely restricted how you can relieve that loss um, against, for example, other income. So for capital losses, you can only relieve that loss against future gains, which is more restrictive than what someone would have in terms of a trading loss. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Majid. And I think crypto traders, it's become similar then to those investing in stocks and shares. You know, you could find that the profits are subject to income tax, but only to the extent that the activity amounts to a trade. So that's going to be characterized by frequent buying and selling. Um, As Majid said, income tax rates are currently higher than CGT rates. but the trading losses can be offset against income and other types of income, be it your your earnings from your employment. Um, So that makes it much more attractive than capital loss treatment. However, I think there's a very high hurdle to clear in order to meet that trading criteria. And I think it's safe to say HMRC are likely to challenge any taxpayer who reports a crypto loss as a trading trading loss, uh, no matter the merits of the position. So if people are looking to explore that, they, they just need to be aware that they may have a fight on their hands with HMRC. Uh, absolutely, Chris. Um, uh, you make an a, a, a extremely valid point there. I mean, if someone is incurring losses with their with their crypto assets, and if they seek to claim that as a trading loss, um, you're going to see. You know, we would expect some resistance from HMRC, especially because a trading loss gives someone the scope to offset that loss against their other income. Um, uh, so, generally, in in the scenario, as Chris rightly pointed out, um, if if you look at the position similar to stocks and shares, HMRC are generally resistant to allow losses to be treated as trading losses. But nevertheless, I mean, it might be the situation that someone 
may generally think that they are trading in crypto assets, i.e. they are a crypto trader. And there are criteria that HMRC have um, set up um, or, or established and which has been established through case law um, over time. And uh, for those people um, who, who have an interest in tax, they might come across the term badges of trade. You know, it's the, And these are characteristics that um, HMRC would look to to determine actually is someone investing um, for capital purposes or are they actually doing a trade? And there's a number of factors that um, advisors and HMRC would look to to make that determination. So, for example, um, some of the factors they would look at is, you know, what was the individual seeking to do? Where was Did they have a profit-seeking motive? Was that um, or was it a long-term investment? You know, how many transactions um, have been undertaken? Because the more transactions you have, the frequency of transactions, then that seems to suggest or indicate that this might be a trading as opposed to investment. And then they look at other um, factors as well, you know, the nature of the asset, um, you know, what, is there an existence of a similar trade, um, for example, and you know the changes to the assets and why the sale was carried out? You know, did someone do something speculatively, or you know, is this something that they're undertaking on a regular basis? The sourcing of finance, um, the time duration between the purchase and the sale. So, for example, if someone's doing this relatively frequently, um, you know, they, they acquire a crypto asset, they sell it shortly after. That seemed, that would indicate potentially trading, and then also the method of acquisition. So all of these different factors are taken into account when HMRC are determining whether um, a crypto disposal is in fact a trade or just a simple capital gain. And another key factor, of course, that can impact the tax treatment is where the asset is located or its situs. Um, can you tell us what HMRC's view on the situs of crypto assets is? So this is a really interesting point because, you know, credit to HMRC, I would say that they've they've done what we would say, you know, um, a first mover advantage. They've gone out there and they've put their view um, uh, in guidance um, for, for taxpayers. And the general view that HMRC have taken is that crypto assets are situated where the owner resides. Now, you know, instinctively, this seems like a sensible approach. I mean, uh, given that crypto assets uh, exist in a blockchain, um, uh, they don't really have a fixed home. So one can suggest that actually looking to where the individual owner of this crypto asset resides, that's where the crypto asset is situated for tax purposes. Uh, however, I mean, there have been alternative views that have been put forward um, within the industry. For example, crypto assets could exist where the custodian um, of the owner's wallet resides, um, or it might not fall in either of these camps. I mean, there's no legislative legislative um, uh, you know, grounding or reasoning on crypto assets. So this is very much a guidance um, and it does have an impact on certain types of taxpayers. So for example, individuals who are UK resident and non-domiciled, for example, you know, they might find that actually just simply by being resident in the UK, all their crypto um, currencies are now situated in the UK. Whereas had they, for example, been situated where their wallet is, they might benefit from uh, their preferential treatment of rem- of the remitt- remittance basis. So, I mean, at the moment, HMRC's view is simply that. It is their view. There's no specific legislation to cover crypto assets. So should a taxpayer take a contrary view to what HMRC um, have set out, there's a good chance that H- HMRC may challenge this. And it might be that un- ultimately, it's the tribunals and the courts that are going to resolve this matter. 
So it's something we may see developing over time then. Completely, um, yes. On a slightly different point, and just picking up on something Chris mentioned towards the start, um, crypto assets um, can increasingly be used to pay for goods and services. Are there any particular tax nuances that individuals should be aware of when paying for goods or services with um, cryptocurrency? In inverted commas. Yeah, no, very much so. I mean, I think, and I think that's right, this idea of, of cryptocurrency, uh, worth remembering, they're not a currency. They are an asset for capital gains tax purposes. As, as such, the, the usual CGT exemptions for currencies don't apply to crypto assets. Therefore, if you were to buy your Tesla with your Bitcoin, you're disposing of that Bitcoin and you need to assess whether you've made a gain for tax purposes at that stage. Um, and it's also probably worth bearing in mind, you know, individuals have received salaries in crypto assets. But again, the, the usual PAYE and national insurance withholding obligations apply. And it's going to be at the sterling equivalent of, of that crypto asset on, on receipt. Uh, and uh, final point really on that, HMRC consider both the conversion of a crypto asset into, into a currency. So if you sell your, your Bitcoin for, for sterling, or if you convert it into a different token, so you get Ethereum for your Bitcoin, both of those are treated as a disposal for CGT purposes. So watch out for that, because that's often something that, that isn't quite as understood as it should be. Mm. And then good record keeping must be really important then to make sure the right amount of tax is paid, um, which I imagine might be a bit tricky if the crypto asset exchanges only keep transaction records for a short period of time. Yeah, no, really good point, Amy. Yeah. Um, are there any other tax considerations around crypto assets that we should mention? Um, yes, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that um, people may have heard about when when the word cryptocurrency or Bitcoin um, uh, appears is, is this concept of mining, either mining of crypto assets. And this may have UK tax implications as well, um, depending on the nature of the mining. Uh, so, for example, um, you know, a single home computer, which is mining coins, you know, it's unlikely that will be treated as a trading app activity, whereas a bank of computers, which are constantly mining that probably would be so the, the thing to note is large-scale mining of cryptocurrencies will likely result in an income tax charge once those coins are, are sold thank you um just moving on to a slightly different point i think an area that's much less understood is um around non-fungible tokens or nfts can you explain a bit about what they are please uh, yeah, sure. So NFTs uh, are an offshoot of the security tokens I mentioned previously. So if you remember, I said the security tokens provided proof of ownership. But with NFTs, we're looking at proof of ownership of a specific act asset, uh, again, maintained by the blockchain that you can then buy and sell. So you sell the NFT over that asset. Um, so Worth bearing in mind, NFTs often only prove ownership of the token. So uh, the copyright might remain with the asset's creator, and then the creator can create new NFTs off the same asset. Um, as such, people just need to be clear about exactly what they're buying and what rights that NFT gives them. Uh, so far, we've seen them mostly used to prove ownership of digital assets. So images, videos, and, and music. You know, the classic one have been some of the, the recent memes and YouTube videos. That, that have been sold but theoretically they could apply to ta tangible assets as well yeah um 
And I know that HMRC haven't yet provided detailed guidance on um, how to tax NFTs, but I assume that you're you're starting to speak to clients more frequently about these now as they're becoming a bit more used and understood. So what are you telling clients about NFTs and, and how they're taxed? Uh, I, I think the starting point, Amy, is it, it kind of anchors into what what Chris was saying is that actually, you know, what are N- NFTs? And, and I think that you know, for UK tax purposes, I think the easiest way to understand NFTs is they're comparable to a contract, and therefore, you know, we would expect a similar tax treatment to apply. So, therefore, you know, great care is going to be needed where we've got royalties or copyrights um, which are being sold as part of or separately from the NFT. Because as Chris pointed out, you know, NFT over a particular asset, tangible, intangible, is just, you know, it, it can carry a number of different rights. Um, for example, it might give um, someone the use of a particular image, but doesn't give them ownership of that image. So there are key differences uh, and things to know. So for example, you know, a creator, you know, he, he will, or she will likely find the NFT, um, uh, you know, sales might be taxed under income tax um, if they're considered again to be trading. Um, but ultimately, I think the, the key point is, you know, NFTs, they're a new concept. Um, the tax treatment is evolving and it will evolve more. And even though crypto assets exist off grid, I think the overriding point, which I think we started with, is it does not mean they can escape taxation. And, uh, and ultimately, Amy, as you've kind of set out and we've been speaking about um, throughout this uh, throughout this uh, uh, podcast, um, fundamentally, the, the kind of overriding point is that the crypto assets um, you know, bring a plethora of tax issues. And it's something that we're working on as a firm. We're speaking to clients about. And uh, you know, Smith & Williamson are well-placed to provide UK tax advice in relation to crypto assets and the associated issues. Thanks, Majid. Yes, absolutely. Um, Thank you both very much for your insights today. And um, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, If you do have any questions about this episode, please get in touch at podcast at smithandwilliamson.com. Otherwise, please subscribe to our regular tax insights and articles through the links in the episode show notes. And we'll be back next month with another episode of Talking Tax. This SNW The Pulse podcast is of a general nature and is not a substitute for professional advice. No responsibility can be accepted for the consequences of any action taken or refrained from as a result of what is said. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the presenter or of Smith & Williamson or any of its affiliates. No reproduction of this podcast may be made in whole or in part for professional or recreational purposes. No action should be taken based on this podcast We accept no liability if we change your views on any of the subjects mentioned. Tax and government legislation that is prevailing at the time is subject to change without notice and depends on individual circumstances. Clients should always seek appropriate tax advice before making decisions.